Hello and welcome back to the Dragon Project podcast, a series of conversations about courage. In each episode, we hear a tale of a dragon in my guest's life and how they dealt with it. This will serve as a launching off point for a conversation about fear, courage and the heroism of everyday life. And this week, I introduce writer and second year political science student Tom Green to the podcast. Welcome to the show, Tom. Thank you very much for having me. You're so welcome. And firstly, Tom, could you tell us about a dragon that you've faced? Yeah, so um, I uh, my dragon really isn't kind of specific event that took place in my life or uh, it was more of a sustained sort of conflict with myself that I went through in my college years and my early university. Um, and I'm talking today about my relationship with the concept of masculinity and how that affected my image of myself. And I think when talking about masculinity, it's easy to get lost. It's kind of a flirting signifier, you know, in the kind of meanings and characteristics that are attributed to it. They're always changing. Its precise meaning isn't clear, but everybody kind of has some kind of nebulous idea about uh, what that might be. Um, and my old view, uh, and one that I used to hold and I've now departed from, thankfully, was quite a traditional one, and it was quite a toxic one. Um, my idea was that masculinity was about assertion, kind of confidence, responsibility, duty, and even like in terms of physicality, you know, strength uh, and those kinds of things. And in hindsight, it was pretty harmful. And I think it really stemmed from, you know, a lot of times in, in college or high school, uh, things can be quite boisterous and competitive. Um, and you're always trying to kind of assert yourself or, or um, and th- those ideas that I listed before were never really any of my strengths. I don't really identify with any of them particularly. And, and I wasn't as- assertive or confident. I was actually quite introverted. I was never interested in sports. And because of that, you know, um, my disposition, I was quite um, vulnerable. I was quite a prime target for a lot of sort of conservative, more conservative ideas about masculinity, um, especially in someone of my position who's you know, white middle class and, you know, slightly confused about what I wanted to be doing. And I think because of that, I was very insecure about being a man um, as it was. Um, and I was also quite sensitive. So if somebody would make, you know, an offhand comment about something related to that, be it if I was ever awkward in conversation, something about the way I look, I would take it not just quite badly in terms, you know, I would be hurt by it, but I um, would kind of think about that comment in terms of my own uh, masculinity and if it was like a slight uh, at me being a man which was the, the the kind of wrong thing to do and because I wasn't this spitting image of manhood I, I thought I wouldn't be respected by any of my peers um, and at some point in my first year of my university I had a very important conversation with, with um, a friend um, and it's amazing nobody really said it before but you know it was a bit like a light bulb moment um, and I was a bit hung up about something that someone said to me early, earlier uh, in the day. And I can't really remember the comment. It was something about me, you know, not being big or being a lad or something like that. Um, uh, and uh, I, I mentioned it to, to somebody later and he said to me, you know, Tom, uh, we don't like you in spite of you not being, you know, a jock or a lad or whatever, but we actually like you because you're not that. And really it was a small thing, but it, it really made a huge difference in how I think about things. Um, you know, the people I thought after that, you know, slowly came to realize people would like me 
um, for who I am. And, and my value isn't really at all based on how much of a, a man or how masculine I am or anything like that because of um, and how I conform to gender roles. Um, and, and nobody really thinks that, not my friends or my family. And, and, and you know, overcoming that was was um, quite liberating, actually. Um, you know, and, and now in my life, the concept of masculinity doesn't really have much use to me. And I've been able to connect and, you know, come to terms with other parts of myself. And it's a term that gets thrown around a lot, but toxic masculinity really is real and it affects many people. And I think coming to accept and understanding that is important. I think it's generally something that I think people should really be open to learning new things and not get defensive when people throw around terms like this. Um, and I think really to open yourself up to learning and to, especially um, for me with this kind of concept of toxic masculinity, I think, um, you know, I think it's very important that, that people, maybe people in my position uh, would kind of learn about that and, and letting go of the very conservative conceptions of masculinity that have been carried through by prior generations. You know, you might get relatives and stuff talking about taking on responsibility and being a man and stuff. I think letting go of, of that has been quite important to knowing myself, really. So uh, uh, that would be my dragon. Mm. Yes, thank you, Tom. I like that. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's it's very relevant to um, this project because um, the, the notion of the kind of, the hero facing the dragon it's a it's a kind of a it's an it's an old um myth but it's it's one that um i want to kind of de in a way demasculinize because i want to show people that um courage is comes in many different forms and isn't um just associated with the kind of the male masculine ideal um i guess my first question to you is um where did you kind of absorb these ideas of masculinity from? Was it kind of the, the culture more that you were? Um, it was a culture. I mean, it never really stemmed from a family. Um, I wouldn't say because my family never really raised me in a gendered way, particularly. I got, you know, when I was a kid, I had boys' toys. And, um, but I mean, to be honest, that was it. I, um, there wasn't any particular thing that my family would say to me or, or, or any of these things I think it was more um, kind of the culture of um, school and college life uh, and th there's often a tendency amongst boys at school to try and out masculine each other and anything that you do can be um, you know uh, criticized or picked apart or whatever and I think it was that culture um, as, as well as you know the internet I think there's a, a big thing about the alt-right pipeline and the conservative ideas that come from there about um, being a man and you know standing up to you know they often say oh men are under attack or whatever and I think that's completely false um now but you know as a kid you don't really know you don't really know these things um so I think it's probably a mixture yeah between kind of school and college culture trying to everyone trying to out masculine each other and and, uh, um, and things like that and then also this other area of um uh, online culture as well, I think was particularly harmful, especially if you're kind of trapped in those echo chambers. Mm, yeah. And just for for listeners who kind of just as a as a kind of Wikipedia definition of masculinity, it's defined as a certain set of characteristics, behavior, um, appearance and qualities traditionally seen in men. So mm. that's that's the kind of general definition. But as you kind of so well put, it's quite a 
um, amorphous concept that can shift and it's 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 difficult to pin down um, I think and um, I guess my next question is what does what does the value of of, of courage mean to you Tom? Yeah I mean you know it's not really something I've, I've, I've thought about much because the first thing that comes to mind when somebody mentions that word is you know I think there's a difference in courage and bravery maybe but is you know when people say oh, what's what's courageous they think of huge courageous acts like you say like in the myth facing the dragon or you know storming the beaches of Normandy or, or, the, or these kinds of things which you know are really um out there removed from you know what most people experience everyday life um I think uh courage and, and stuff it is important to the for the ability to kind of uh, do new things step out your comfort zone so to speak um and uh, kind of face up to things that maybe you've been putting off for a while uh, and, and really i think courage is a lot to do with um inner conflict and and kind of uh, coming to terms with it, yourself rather than kind of external acts of bravery or, and things like that if that makes sense mm, yeah yeah i think um I think you kind of hit the nail on the head there with with kind of that that notion of coming to terms with yourself and I think that that's um definitely in my experience of of masculinity that's I kind of I really resonate with your with your story because um although I played sport and um kind of had um a kind of group of friends who were who relatively you could say masculine um, mm. um I always struggled with 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 this kind of masculine ideal because um, and I really especially in kind of college I remember really trying to um, fit myself in this kind of masculine box of of wearing kind of masculine clothes and trying to act masculine um, because I felt that, that I thought that that was what um, kind of I was attracted to to get to girls so I thought that's what that's what girls want so I have to I have to be yeah. this way um but i think since then i've i've really um in i've really kind of embraced um much more in the way i dress femininity and um i think there was something um there's something that, i think that 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 took a certain degree of courage to 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 be different and to not um to not conform to a kind of set idea of this is the way you dress this is how you um look and um I think yeah I think that took courage yeah I mean it's it's uh things I don't know how it was you know where you went to school or whatever but you know things that now I've luckily surrounded myself with groups of friends who who have kind of very progressive notions about this um but to, at school and stuff, to think of, you know, you dress differently or in a slightly, you know, more uh, conventionally feminine way or do things like paint your nails or something was, you know, unspeakable. Um, it was something that, um, which whilst now it seems ridiculous and mundane, it, it, um, are things that, you know, you would be met with like criticism or, or, or you know, ma- kind of masculine locker room joking about these kinds of things. Uh, uh, you know, it's very unhelpful. Um, especially with people who are dealing with, um, you know, identity and and gender identity issues. It's something that, yeah, like, takes a lot of courage to kind of face up to. 
Mm. And there's, for me, I think a great um, role model in 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 this kind of um, more kind of gender fluid, sexually um, fluid, um, masculine, feminine mix movement is um, Harry Styles. I think that the way that right. he, way that he dresses and the way that he um, presents himself wearing women's clothes and embracing the feminine but he's but not but but in a kind of way that's almost he's kind of mixing the masculine and the feminine and for me yeah. that that's something really inspiring because I think it's um we I think it's for me um I I I, I like to embrace the masculine and the feminine in the way I dress and I think that that's there's something about that kind of as you mentioned, like going into ourselves and finding the masculine and finding the feminine. And I think expressing them can be really, can be really good. Yeah. It's not a way, it's not, it's not a kind of a way of completely doing away with masculinity or whatever. I, I would still con consider myself more to conform to you know, masculine um, characteristics and feminine ones. It's just a matter of kind of not being um, afraid to kind of uh, go out of those things, which, Again, to be honest, I think in you know a few decades will really be considered quite mundane. But I think now, I think the culture is at a point where um, you can be in these hostile cultures. It can be quite um, you know uh, boyish or um, hyper masculine um, if if you surround yourself with those kinds of people. Um, I think it really it's just about kind of. Uh, putting yourself out there and um, fi finding things from, you know, both kind of uh, gender camps, as it were, uh, and, and not being afraid to kind of um, do that at all. Mm. Yeah. And um, do you think, do you think, have you, have you experienced, have you experienced kind of many like, positive male role models in in culture and in your life do you think um i mean um well i mean i had some when i was a child uh of course my family um like my my uh, my dad was quite a, a role model in my life he's you know a very kind person um and things um and but you know these the role models like that and you know i had a few very good teachers um who, who were male and and about that really it's not the fact that oh they were like they were very masculine and, and they were they were they were role models it was just they were just role models i didn't really include the gender in um in the way i, I perceived them um particularly i don't think I, I i've never i've not really thought about it in that way mm because i because i think um there's an interesting um book that i read by um um a, a man who's who's called robert bligh who's a poet um mm. and he wrote a book called iron john in the 90s which is um a book about men yeah. and it relatively um there's some there's it, it attracted some controversy because it formed the biggest it formed the start of something called the mythopoetic men's movement which mm. was basically kind of caricatured as a load of men going into the forest um so <laughs> yeah but actually i think was a really powerful um 
kind of uh, form of psychic healing for many men. Um, and in the book, he talks about this. Um, it's it's it focuses on a fairy tale which is thousands of years old called Iron John, which is um, about a boy who um, who has basically a kind of initiatory experience with um, a wild man who is christened, who they christened Iron John, who is found at the bottom of a lake. And um, what Robert Bly posits in the book is that as men, we all have this inner wild man and that what um, the kind of issue is, is that we kind of, uh, the, the modern day man is afraid of the wild man and because he, because there's a difference between kind of like the wild man and the savage man. And what what he's kind of arguing is that, is that we need to kind of connect with this kind of inner source of wildness um and um that 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 is a kind of a source of kind of creative um energy and um and there's a quote here um he said to be wild is not to be crazy or psychotic true wildness is a love of nature a delight in silence a voice free to say spontaneous things and an exuberant exuberant curiosity in the face of the unknown what what's your take on that, Tom? Yeah, I, I think that actually sounds something I'd be very interested in reading now. Um, and and I think my my issue that I had with you know the connecting you know to certain parts of myself you know stem from I'm not going to say I want I'm not, I won't say lack of space to discuss these things because you know there certainly are spaces in which these things can be discussed, but the barrier that I think a lot of men put up to discussion of these issues, and it's always really been a thing related to masculinity is, you know, a lack of feeling or a lack of emotion, or even more so in my opinion, the unwillingness or reluctance to discuss issues of masculinity um, in a kind of non-judgmental way. Um, and I think that kind of breaking down that barrier and, you know, like the thing that, um, my friend said to me, um, I think could have easily just have been said years before, but I think it's just the fact that really, I think people need to be more comfortable in discussing uh, these ideas of connecting with different parts of ourselves um, in, a, in a non-judgmental way. And, and I think that's probably one of the most important barriers that uh, prevents a lot of men from, you know, uh, kind of, discovering who they are or, or their self and things like that. Is there any, are there any specific um, sort of books, films, TV shows in the culture that you think provide a, a more positive depiction of masculinity? Um, let me think. It's the problem is it, 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 it oftentimes these things really um, like films and books and things often, you know, often provide kind of cr a critique of um, a hyper masculine character. So if you look at a film like 
you know, Taxi Driver or Raging Bull or, or any of those kinds of films, you see a hyper-masculine character and you see the director um, through the film critique, that kind of thing. In terms of ones that, uh, you know, positive, I'm sure there are plenty, uh, none, come to mind, none come to mind straight away. You know, the first thing I thought of was, um, have you played Hades? No. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's kind of a... a, a a um telling um of um i think uh, roman mythology uh, and in terms of um d doing it from kind of a very progressive standpoint i mean i'm not i don't really play many games myself anymore but um that was honestly the first thing that comes to mind a positive conception of masculinity the main character in that is somebody who's kind of very kind and and not you know as you'd expect from kind of the, the tales of old somebody who's very hyper masculine um uh and very belligerent and assertive and things like that. Just seems like a nice guy, <laughs> um, which, which is something I think, yeah, more positive kind of representation, more nuanced representation of, of masculinity. Um, and because there's plenty of work about, you know, um, lonely white males uh, wandering the, the city streets, um, being very disillusioned and things like that. And, and they all kind of work as critiques um, in that genre. But I think. Um, I'm, I've struggled to come up with some, and I think I'm not doubting that there is any. I'm sure there are plenty. I just none come to mind right now, really. Oh, or do you have any, uh, you know, examples of that? Um, for me, I think um, the I'm, I've been very impressed by the Daniel Craig James Bond films. Right. Have you seen the final film, No Time to Die? No, I've only seen I've only seen a, a couple of uh, older ones of his. So I'd I'd I really recommend it actually because I think um, I think uh, kind of similar to what you mentioned is I guess it's it is a kind of it works as a kind of critique of like a hyper masculine man and I feel, I, th I think that the, the the James Bond of old is portrays kind of masculinity in a in a in a very kind of dated sense of of this kind of lonely. Um, kind of bluff bluff bravado-ness um hyper masculinity um figure but i think yeah. what the um later daniel craig films do so well is that they um kind of they critique this and they show the kind of the loneliness they show the the the, the, the downsides to this and ultimately um i think show the finally show the kind of the end consequences to such actions and i think yeah. that this is um it goes back to our conception of the hero because there's have you um heard of the hero's journey joseph campbell i've not actually so so joseph campbell was a um scholar of mythology and religion in the 1940s 50s 60s 70s um and he wrote a book called the um hero with a thousand faces which is quite famous um because he came up with something called the monomyth which is um very influential in a lot of kind of screenwriting and um culture um and what he did was he kind of um ana analyzed and read so many different myths and found the um found the kind of qualities which which recurred and the sort of motifs that recurred and kind of put it into a uh, one monomyth and there's, there's criticisms of the approach now um of course but 
I do kind of respect it. It was an, it was a kind of a, quite an epic um, project. And mm-hmm. interestingly, with the um, hero's journey, um, what a lot of people I think can forget with the hero's journey is that the hero starts off in community, um, and then they end in community. So the hero starts in the community, and then they they get the call, and then they leave, and then they go on the, off on their quest, and then at the, at the end of the hero's journey, the hero returns with the boon with the wisdom, with the prize, with the treasure, um, and returns to the community. So what the hero's journey is a kind of depiction of is, is, is a hero that begins in community and ends in community. And I think the issue with our kind of modern day conception of heroes, um, especially those, those, those male mass, hyper-masculine heroes like James Bond is that they, they, don't, they don't start in community or end in community, they kind of exist outside of community and I think Jack Reacher is another example of this of the who's who's a kind of western um, figure um, who who kind of just exists outside of societies and 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 enters a community but then ends the book who are leaving a community so I think there's this real um, there's this problematic conception of the of the masculine hero as someone who kind of exists outside of society but what throughout history and throughout the kind of many myths that Joseph Campbell studied, what he found was that the hero actually begins and ends in community. Yeah, I actually completely agree. I, I think um, the kind of role models or kind of examples of masculinity um, <clears throat> that's kind of drilled into us um, sort of in the modern age a very individual it's a very individualistic view of um masculinity as somebody yeah who like you say is a law into themselves really they exist outside of society and almost to um this kind of mythical status if you look at uh, who 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 are the people who are kind of um you know leading male figures nowadays it's billionaires and um you know, uh, p- people like that who, who really um, have kind of ruthless, you know, assertive individualism, um, you know, above anything else. And um, really, I think as, as, as men, you know, something that, that is often taught to us is, you know, go out and, and conquer and assert yourself and, and take. And I think really, I think what a good image of masculinity could be is actually, you know, giving, um, to community, like you say, rather than going and conquering and taking, uh, uh, and um, in the in the case of James Bond, you're leaving a lot of ruin in your way. Um, is to actually um, give uh, uh, more than that. I think. Mm, and I think of um, someone like Elon Musk, who is kind of idealized by a lot of um, right specific type of men these days. Yes, um, and. Um, and then I think of Tony Stark in Iron Man um, and how, yeah, the, the, they do it's this kind of hyper individualistic hero who's um, also Bruce Wayne and Batman. Um, yeah. The billionaire who's, who's really very lonely and exists kind of outside in, a, in like a tower outside of society. So it's, it's difficult to kind of, um, think of the notion of the hero as um 
starting community i guess you could say um Bilbo Baggins is a good example of a hero right. who starts in the Shire and is quite an ordinary, um, ordinary human being and ordinary well hobbit. Well, I mean, he's a hobbit. You know, he doesn't have these kind of male masculine characteristics. He's really short and he's not very physically imposing. Um, and you know, it's not nobody really feels threatened by him. You know, he's uh, not very assertive in that sense. And yet, still um as it as it goes on you know um it's still kind of like you say uh has that community aspect to it as well which um i think is important yeah and, then, and i think that this is something um if we're talking about kind of a a, a new conception of masculinity um this could be something that's um this could be this could be kind of something quite good going forward this like uh, a masculinity which is focused on the community um, yeah a kind of a hero that is devoted to to their community and to um issues of social justice within within community yeah i agree and even in that sense it needn't even be particularly gendered i just think that's that's kind of a yeah that's kind of a thing that everyone should aspire as opposed to you know you know getting your own um getting your own land uh, and, and ownership and kind of you know like i say conquering almost um and then living isolated within that uh, as is shown in the tales of you know elon musk or like you say tony stark or bruce wayne or whatever becoming very isolated but ultimately you see they don't live very fulfilling lives they're surrounded by all this wealth and power. Um, and that is what, you know, um, a lot of men are told to do is get a good job, earn a living and, and provide. Um, um, but they really have no sense of community. And I think, yeah, it, um, it, it should be something that everyone aspires to do is to, is to kind of give back to the community. If that community has given you something, I think, you know, yeah. And perhaps it's it's the modern day activist is a example of a of a good a good role model of a hero, um, someone with a, a care and a concern for um, their their community and whether that's kind of climate change or other forms of social justice. Um, mm. That's that's because because that that's the thing, isn't it? With uh, the heroes of old, it's they they typically go around wrecking <laughs> everything, yeah. um, rather than having the kind of care and concern for 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 the damage that they. Um, they and leave. I I found on the on the on the right as as well. There's a lot of kind of vitriol and criticism and derision about social justice, but not just in a way in which that this isn't useful to society, as in. You know this kind of care about the planet and this kind of you know care for social justice and, and climate justice and racial justice is unmasculine and oh you, you know you're complaining about an unjust society but you know you have to be a man and just you know suck it up and deal with it basically um i think that's a very obviously a very harmful way of looking at things but it's also a tactic um that's used to try and sort of um de-radicalize people um from these movements and um, yeah, I think it's very harmful, actually. 
Mm. And it's that that notion of, um, I, and we, we come back to toxic masculinity. I think when masculinity becomes toxic is when it's 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 it, when it's seen as when caring is seen as unmasculine. Right. When yeah, that, exactly. I care about um, my planet. I care about social justice. I care about um, any anything is seen as seen as unmasculine. I think that's that there that is something that I have experienced in my life is the kind of this 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 idea of masculine being masculine is being uncaring and I, I don't I don't care. Um and I'm well, yeah and that's to do that's to do with the, the the as well a barrier to, for for men to you know um show their emotions it is this kind of um you know caring is 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 weakness and empathy is weakness and sympathy is weakness um and that is just another part of, kind of the male mythos and um that is, that is often that is often taught um and can be especially uh pushed through certain channels like i said the internet it, you know it's often quite the case luckily not in my case but often like this familial tyranny really of um you know the patriarchal figure uh, and really, you know, uh, drilling it into, you know, um, the sons and the daughters, these very rigid gender roles. Uh, um, and that itself is a barrier because, uh, of course, I think um, the, the notion that, you know, to, to, to care is, is to be unmasculine, I think, really ought to be um, dispelled. Mm. And is this, is this um, notion of um, also being afraid? Right. I think it's it's not seen as um, masculine to be afraid um, when actually I think if we take the example of those acting um, those kind of climate activists, you're they're acting out of a kind of a, a fear or terror of what's going to mm. happen to our planet, and also acts of activism that that um, groups such as Just Up Oil. Um, did have have done and continue to do um i know for for a fact that the activists that they talk about um before those actions they were very afraid mm. and um i think it's this notion of seeing seeing courage as um as not the kind of conquering of fear but it's feeling the fear as as um i think it's susan jeffers says it's feeling the fear and doing it anyway yeah and that's 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 the notion of courage that I want to kind of bring forward it's 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 not it's not conquering feeling no fear without fear you can't have courage and I think it would be wrong to say that you know in, in those instances that you, you mentioned you know climate activism or kind of radical activism of any kind of course there's going to be fear and there's going to be you know you're going to be afraid of the consequences of, of what you what you'll do um but it's foolish to completely ignore that uh, and, and be ignorant of that um, because I don't think there's any person who, you know, doing those kinds of things wouldn't feel fear. And, and it would be, it would be wrong to, you know, turn around and say, oh, no, that doesn't scare me. Uh, I think accepting that and coming to terms with that, but also still, you can still kind of uh, conquer that, um, if, you know, if you do go ahead, like, like you say. And I guess it's this, um, this acknowledgement of of the child within us mm. um, which i think is which i think is um 
is the is 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 the kind of the sort the the child that feels the fear, and that's and that's for me in 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 the activism that I've done it's it's um the way I was able to do it was because I was able to talk to my inner child and go, look, it's going to be okay, I'll look after you, and um not letting that child kind of come out and um take the reins and and um completely guide me so i think that there was this um at least within me i know that there's there was this kind of there was a kind of a courageous hero self um being and then there's also a really scared little child um being and then there's there's a kind of I in the middle who kind of is is attempting to kind of sort the sort sort the way their way through yeah. it. Um, so I think perhaps it's 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 this um, model of uh, I want to kind of advocate this like model of courage and model of of masculinity that it's it's about taking care of the child to be able to be able to do the courageous actions. It's being able to feel the fear and be okay with the fear. And the, have the, that kind of that courage to be vulnerable. Yeah, it's very frustrating, you know, when you hear these kinds of um, things, which uh, might not seem, you know, people make comments about, oh, be a man about it, oh, man up, or whatever. And it, it might seem quite, you know, trivial and, and things like that, but it's all part of this kind of a wider reinforcement mechanism of gender roles. Um, and really, I think. People, I think people should quite, you know, look inwardly and open yourself up to, you know, learning about these new concepts, toxic masculinity and things like that without kind of these preconceptions that, oh, this is, I've heard this word before in the news and it was used as kind of a, you know, a battering ram or whatever. Um, um, and people should sort of look inwardly and think, think about these concepts. And if they apply to yourself, I think, and if it does resonate with you, then I, I think, you know, uh, it's quite important to, to realise that and also to try and start sort of coming away from those traditional concepts and really it's what you make of it I think you can make masculinity whatever you want it to be like I said before it's a floating signifier the word itself masculinity you know it's static it it has meaning but the characteristics that are attributed to it um, change over time you know our conception of uh, uh, of it today is probably vastly different to what it was 500 years ago on 500 years before that and really I think to start you know trying to create kind of a counter hegemonic narrative about these kinds of things and um, promote positive ideals about masculinity you know, about caring about sympathy about empathy um, um, and I think that that's kind of the way to do it yeah and I think um but but also by not losing the kind of values of 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 courage and of responsibility um that i think can be masculinity in its very very best form i think because um if we if we if we we don't want to we we don't want to completely lose that throw the baby out with the bathwater i think because Mm. um taking responsibility for ourselves for our um communities is 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 so important and i think there was a there was a kind of there was a there was a there was a a bit of a 
um, I think we, I think our society can be lacking in the responsibility that, especially if we look at, um, especially if we look at um, climate change as an example, which I keep going back to. Um, it's 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 having that kind of global sense of responsibility, wider than just even our society. It's going. We have to we have to take responsibility for the entire planet, and that's yeah. that's uh, something that I think is incredibly important. Yeah, I, I think that you know there are some positive attributes to it, um, and when used when, when you know taught and understood in, in the correct way, like responsibility um, for our planet or for our friends or family or or you know the things we do, I think those can be used in a very positive way. And yeah, you're right; those those things you know needn't be needn't be thrown away. You know, with all with all the bad the bad aspects of it as well. I think it's being responsible to that child as well in in me um that i that i that i see and it's and i think this child is in is in i i, I think is in all of us is, mm. is is that that part of us that is afraid and um um also wants kind of instant gratification and um what what freud might have called the id um I, I I believe in that as a as at least as a as a good a good metaphor for for what's going on in the mind, that we have this childlike part of us, and if we can take responsibility for that, and not let it out completely, let it control us, but um, manage it and kind of comfort it and be a be a good parent to it, and that's one of the things I liked about James Bond film No Time to Die is that um, Bond. There was a there was a family element to it. There was a parenting element to it that really is the first time that the the, the character has ever had to um, have this have this parenting role, um, and um, and that's I think a really good um, something that we forget that <laughs> that, that um, the hero the hero kind of might have a family. The hero might have to look after kids and. When we know when we we're, when we're dealing with kids, we're not we're not. You have to kind of let loose and be um, silly and playful, and that those are things that the, 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 the kind of hyper masculine hero isn't isn't really very good at. So um, yeah, I agree. If we can um, if we can if we can be that parent for ourselves um, first and foremost, then. Uh, I think we can uh, we can perhaps do better. Is there? Have you got any last thoughts, Tom? Um, you know, I, th- I don't know. I think we've had a good discussion. Yeah, and um, and I'd like to I'd like to I'd like to end with a quote by Mahatma Gandhi, um, who says that manliness consists not in bluff, bravado, or loneliness. It consists in daring to do the right thing and facing consequences, whether it is in matters social, political or other. It consists in deeds, not words. Perfect. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on, Tom. Thank you very much. And thank you all for listening. We will see you maybe next week. (laughs) Goodbye.